Haunted Travelers Podcast, your weekly dose of theme park news and entertainment. And now, here to talk all things coasters, theme parks, and even more, here are your hosts, Jack Lathrop and Chris Jones. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to this week's episode of the Twisted Travelers Podcast. As always, I am Chris, and I am joined by Jack. Jack, how are you doing? We're doing pretty good. How about you? Doing well, doing well. Ready to get into it. We got a fairly short news week. Back to ride of the week, all the usual stuff, listener questions, and a special second half with Mike and EB from Coaster Radio. Yeah, it's going to be a good show, but we got to start it off with some shout outs for, to our patrons, Brian, Graham, Grant, Jaden, Mark, Allison, Steven, Eric, and Mikhail. Y'all are the real MVPs because you make this possible. We wouldn't be able to do what we do without you, and we appreciate your support. There's stuff coming for y'all. Random mail is going to happen soon-ish. Bonus episodes going to happen soon other stuff is going to happen. So it's a great time to join the Patreon. If you've been thinking about joining, you should join in right now. It's going to be a good finish That's to the right. year because we've been rather failing on it the rest of the year. <laughs> Link is in the description to join the Patreon. Obviously, you don't have to, but we always appreciate it. You get some special stuff based on your tiers. And yeah, yeah. some quick plugs. Um, I got one I got one more shout-out oh, real quick. Okay, One more shout-out. Uh Allison and I are doing Nano. I'm going to keep her accountable. She's at 4,311 words as of right now. She's got to be at 50,000 by the end of the month. Allison, start writing. Okay. Um, okay. Uh, plugs. <laughs> Instagram, you can follow us at Twisted underscore Travelers. Twitter, you can follow us at Twisted Traveler, but the R at the end is a one. You can follow Jack on Twitter and Instagram at Thrilling Moment, and you can follow me on Instagram at Twisted Travelers. Chris, so. Let's get into some news, Jack. Yeah, news this first this first one's actually it's hilarious because when I was out at Silverwood back in September, Bryant and I were having a conversation about this very thing. And that's Hershend is interested. They've made it in, known that they're interested in purchasing Silverwood from the Norton family, which the Norton families have responded saying, yeah, no chance it will ever happen. But it's an interesting turn of events because it shows that Hershen is still wanting to buy more parks. And then also if there were a park on my radar, if I were Hershen, I wanted to buy a park, it would be Silverwood because the park is already perfect for them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I haven't been, but from what you described, it sounded like it would be right up their alley. Um, if it doesn't get sold and that's cool too, because the family that runs it, I, it seems like they're doing fine. Just added stunt pilot. Looks like a good park. I think it would be a good acquisition for Hershen just based on what I've seen. But it, RMC yeah, it wouldn't exist like without that park either. That's true. Um, um, no, yeah. yeah. When we were out there, we're walking around. It's like, this feels like a Hershen park. Literally, it felt like a Hershen park. So it makes logical sense that they would want to purchase it. But mm -hmm. I, I mean, I Guess think not. they've made it clear they just don't want that happening. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, of all the parks for them to potentially buy, Silverwood sounds like a good fit, but you know, probably also happen. complete control of the market up there. Well, that's true as well, even though it's a tough market to get a, a ton from, it seems like um, just with how far away it is. I mean, you'll have your locals, but yeah, it is in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> I know. Um, Next, Alabama Adventure is teasing potential Timberliners. Uh, most likely would be for Rampage, 
their CCI. I know you have thoughts. Boo. Um, I just don't, I don't want the only thing that like the best thing will be if they've bought a timber or they bought two timber line of trains so they can run two trains on the ride. But even then I was rather have just bought another PTC because that ride was designed to run PTCs. And I feel like the timber liners are going to ruin the aspects of it. Just the way they track is so much different than the way CCI intended for their rides to run. And I just don't know. So I, I would love to be proven wrong. Don't I would don't get me wrong. I would love to be proven wrong and see these trains make the ride better, but I just don't see that happening. Yeah, I mean I have not um ridden Rampage yet. So I can't really like have any sort of comparison point from PTCs running on that and Timberliners. But most rides that I've done uh that have Timberliners compared to PTCs, I prefer the PTCs. Um, so I would probably guess I would be on that side, but you know, give it a sh- chance if they do go that route, I guess. Oh yeah. I'll definitely like, if this is what's happening, I didn't go down this year just due to lack of time, but if they do put timber liners on, I'll go down there. Um, probably do a lift walk, talk to the team down there, get some rides in, maybe strap some cameras to it. But I'm interested to see what that park's got in store because they are looking to expand. <laughs> Yeah, it definitely seems like it. They've teased additions two years in a row, added something new last year. So yeah. who knows? It's a ground up, I wish, uh, but probably not. Oh, they've got Family the terrain would be it. cool, they could, but... They, they've got the room for it, and they've got the terrain to do something special if they want. I mean, it, if the money permits as well, but I doubt it. Um, don't even get that idea in your mind, Thuzius. It's <laughs> probably not happening. Too late. You put it in mine. <laughs> Jeez, no. Um, but yeah, Alabama Adventure teasing something again. They keep going. Um, next up, coming from one of the best parks in the world, Silver Dollar City has started moving some equipment around, some machinery to start construction on whatever they're building over there. Rumors yeah. are a replacement for fire in the hole. We'll see how true that is, and it would make sense with the location, Fireman's Landing. Um, we'll see. Yeah, there's been a strong rumor for a while now that Fire in the Hole at Silver Dollar City has reached the end of its service life. And it's not necessarily the ride that has, but it's the building. If you're familiar with uh, Blazing Fury at Dollywood, the reason Blazing Fury no longer has its splashdown is because it was rotting the building out and the ride was at potential to collapse. Um, And so they were like, well, we'll get rid of that and redo the track and everything. And it's worked. The ride's going to be around for another 40 years at least silver dollar city chose to keep the splashdown and maintain the ride as is and apparently that's going to bite them in the butt so that's the rumor is that they're going to pretty much just build a replacement for the ride um we'll see though it will be sad if that is what's happening though because fire in the hole is a national treasure yeah but i from what i understand is it's not going to be anything intended to be super new. At least it doesn't sound like it sounds like it's going to be a straight up, like fire in the hole too. just, yeah, it, it, it works now. Um, it basically, so the, I don't think it would take away that, a lot, honestly. Yeah. And the rumor is that they've got RMC to do the track, which makes sense because RMC's redone all of the track for blazing fury at Dollywood. 
it, I mean, everything fits that this is just going to be them. We're moving it over to Fireman's Landing, so it fits the theme over there, and we can get rid of the building that has potential to hurt someone. And future expansion also, flow opens it up right opens there. Up, that, I was going to say, that where that part of the, where, where that ride is, it kind of like blocks off some of their land. But if they get rid of it, hmm. Stall for a minute, because I'm going to Google Earth. He's going to Google Earth, people. Uh, yes, yeah, so, I could be completely wrong. But we'll he see. has an idea. Just imagine they build Zadra there. Just no. Um, That's not what it's going to be. It's going to be interesting to watch, though, uh, to see what they end up doing with this. I'm definitely curious to watch the process. And the other thing I'm really interested in is firing the whole theme is weird. Let's let's get that out there right now. It's a weird theme. I would be interested to see if they maybe do, if they move it to Fireman's Landing, which is looking like that's going to be the case. Does the theme change any to mirror more of like the Blazing Fury storyline, or do they just straight up move the entire sets over and just be like, yeah, it's over here now? I'm still looking. So, how about those Braves last night, y'all? They choked. They choked because yeah. who puts a pitcher that hasn't pitched in the majors in months in to start game five of the World Series? I'm okay, not salty at all. Okay, he's figured it out, folks. So um, if y'all have been to Silver Dollar City, you kind of know that it, when you go to Outlaw Run, it's weird. It just kind of dead ends. Except for back around to Fireman's Landing, and even uh, it, it's pretty weird it's how it's still that complicated. Area, yes, um, if you were to just straight up gut Blazing Fury's or not Blazing Fury, Fire in the Hole's current building, that opens up completely basically another potential loop around to it. You'd have to build a bridge over the railroad, but it's a possibility, or put you a railroad build something in that spot and it just connects straight through. Yep, that, there you go. That that. I could very, very, very well see them doing that because that would make that area of the park so much easier to get to and actually open. People would realize also, how it runs there because it could eliminate like, never some has a line around there. What? Would also eliminate some bottlenecking with yes. that outlaw path. Um. So, so yeah, I just wanted to make sure yeah. I knew my location right. But yeah, that, that's what I, I could definitely see that in the plan. So we'll keep an eye on this. I think this is a project we're both just interested to see what they do with. It opens up a lot for the park in the future, and you know how much I love that place. So don't not don't just say you know much how you love it. We both love that park. I love it more. Shut up. This is true. Yeah. Although, I mean, you you can like you can see my love for Dollywood is fading because after seven years of having a pass, I'm not renewing my pass. <gasps> I know the shocker. It's all of them gasping. I, yes. I already knew that. But yeah, <laughs> he, he, he's known about it for a couple days now. Um, yeah, here it is. Here it is. This is my last Dollywood pass for who knows how long. Rest in peace. Rather go to Holiday World at this point. So. Uh, it, it's closer. As long as rods closed, yeah. <laughs> it's closer and Voyage exists. And free soda. And free if you soda open and Rod, then maybe that'll switch back. But uh, Sure, yeah. Well, for so, me, and one last little thing. Um, Ghost Town in the Sky. So for those of you not familiar with this, Ghost Town in the Sky is an old abandoned theme park in the Smoky Mountains on the North Carolina side. If you've ever driven the stretch between Knoxville and Charlotte, you've driven right past the exit for this thing. 
And it was a really cool thing. It was kind of imagine ghost town at knots but built up on a mountain they had the hopkins roller coaster some attractions and everything if you want to see um like kind of get to see the property like mr beast did a hide and seek video on the property at one point um then there's also some urban explorers who have snuck up there and climbed around it's a really cool property and if they can bring it back i would be very excited there's been tons of talks in the past about oh can we bring ghost town back can we bring ghost town back and stuff just just kept falling through and it's just not worked but now storyland studios which is a company run by disney imagineers um wants to come in and work on it and so like a little bit off their resume they've worked on legoland universal's hogwarts express um water like that's like this is what they do so they know how to make attractions work and work well and so to see this park maybe get a shot at life would be fantastic so yeah i'd be interested like if it did reopen i'd want to go just for the location itself that would be special for a theme park um and also i'd be curious what attractions they would put in i think it'd be cool if it came back we've known about it for a while as far as it just being a place and it was always a place that was interesting just for the location if you got another chance, I'd be sick. Yeah, the, and the opportunity is like, okay, first, it'd be really cool if they did get the, bring the Hopkins back, although it's probably it. beyond repair at this point. Mm-hmm. But to build a roller coaster up there, it would be, honestly, the best thing to compare it to would be like a Glenwood Caverns of the Smokies. Yeah. Um, that's the type of setting they would have to build roller coasters in. So you could put, like, my wild fantasy dreams are imagined like an outlaw run up on top of that mountain or something. But more realistically, you could see like an RMC Raptor or maybe um, a Vacoma, something like that pop up up there, which would be phenomenal. And like Chris said, the setting's going to make this park worth a visit no matter what. Mm-hmm. I'd love to see it get another chance. We'll see if it happens. You know, only the future will tell. Yeah. Another um, project we're going to be keeping an eye on because I'm very intrigued. For sure. So, ride of the week, we are continuing our Morgan Hypers, and uh, we've been working our way up. We're down to the best two, in our opinions, that we've done. Steel Eel at SeaWorld San Antonio and Phantom's Revenge at Kennywood. I have the wheel ready. The question is, will the streak of going up the list continue? Well, let's see. Dun-dun-dun-dun. Dun-dun-dun-dun. It will not. Phantom's Uh, Revenge. Fanny. Ooh, you want to start? Or you want me to start? Um, I think okay, I can start this time because you started last time. Phantom, where where do I begin though? Um, uh, so... something about your soul leaving your body and being ejected over Pittsburgh. Yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I really like Phantom. It's definitely the best ride at Kennywood by a, a, a large, large margin. Um, it is an easy nine out of ten in my eyes. I think the first half doesn't do a ton but it has so much like jank classic feel that it already adds a lot to it the the massive drop into the ravine is amazing and then you got the big turnaround and from there it's just ejector is it the most comfortable ejector in the world definitely not which is why i won't give it a 10 but it's still fun you just get sent flying it's a short ride but the moments it does have are absolutely insane it's unlike anything else. It has so much character. Um, I love the trains, just the pool noodle that doesn't even touch you. 
it it's definitely one of the most intense airtime coasters out there. Um, I'm not, I can't give it a 10 just because the first half isn't perfect to me, even though it has that character. And also it's not the most comfortable ride at points, but man, is it amazing? The terrain use is fantastic. I absolutely love it. You will see it at the end of the year. I'll say that. Yeah. So Pennsylvania has no business having two hyper coasters. This good. Let's just start out with that. Um, so this is one of those rides. I remember getting into coasters and you hear about Steel Phantom and Phantom's Revenge and you watch a POV of Phantom's yep. Revenge for the first time and you look at it and because ev- everyone you know that's ridden it raves about it. They're like, oh my gosh, it's one of the best coasters ever built. It's insane. And you watch a POV and you're like, that that's the top 10 coaster in the world. And they're like, yeah, yeah, it is. And I'm like, you're, you're joking, right? And they're like, no, 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 no. So, you know, go on like that for however long I was an enthusiast before I wrote it. Jump back to last summer. We'd been trying to make something happen where we were going to meet up. It fell through. I already had off work. My dad already had off work. So we were like, well, we're going to Pittsburgh to ride uh, Phantom's Revenge and Steel Curtain. That last one didn't happen. But we get up there and we start doing some of the credits and it's like, okay, we got to go do Phantom. Until so we get to the station, we get in the back row. I really didn't know much about this ride. So the pool noodle comes down. I'm like, oh. And we start up that lift. And you get to the top of that lift. And you get yanked over and you start down. And it's like just classic twisting arrow drop. And it's, mm. And you hit the straight track. Y'all know I love a good bit of straight track. And then up into the first hill. And it's, at this point, I'm like, eh, I'm I don't get it. And then you start down the ravine drop. And that's when it clicked. That's when I understood what people meant. Because I didn't touch my seat for all 230 feet of that drop. And when I hit the bottom, I blacked out. And then you go through those overbanks and you get pops of airtime in the turns. And then you hit those three or four hills at the end that actually try to violently fling you out of your seat and send you clear to the other side of the country. And you're ragdolling through them. You have no control over your body. And I remember hitting the brakes and being like, what the hell did this park create? And then running around and riding it like five more times because it's phenomenal. And that's literally the ride is insane. There's no words for like, it shouldn't be as good as it is on paper. It shouldn't be that good. Watching videos. It shouldn't be that good. Looking at pictures. It shouldn't be that good, but it just is. And it's so janky and amazing and awesome. It's definitely one of my favorite coasters. You will see it at the end of the year for me as well. And my bit of advice, if you really want to put your faith like if you want to test your faith, crisscross applesauce that ride. Have fun. I'm good. Um, it was terrifying. Scott was like, cross your legs and pull them up as close to the restraint as you can. I kid you not, I was laying down. Yeah, I don't really get Pennsylvania because they've got this, they've got Skyrush, and they've got Phoenix. They really just want to kill you up there. Don't forget Jackrabbit on the other side of the park. Oh, yeah. Jackrabbit's double down. That's specific. Um, also, yeah. ride that with a very loose seatbelt, and you will trust a lot. <laughs> yeah, I, I love Phantom. Um, 
Yeah, I don't love it quite ride. as much as he does, I don't think, but I do really like it. Um, it's fantastic. I don't know what more I can it's say. It's the really one good. knock against it is it's short and it's way too far away from my house. Yeah, um, it's great. I don't even you'll, know where like it's we ranked said, you'll right see now. It at the end. I do, I think. Wait, hold on. Eh, I'm gonna go. Sure. Um, save it. Oh, it's that's higher there. than me, I think. Hold up. Uh, yeah. Y'all don't get to know. <laughs> we're, we're teasing the crap out of y'all. What is it? What is it? What is it? What is it? Oh, um, here. Yeah. Oh, so, it's pretty close. Okay. It's good. Yeah. If yeah, it's good. See what, what numbers we're holding up, you'll know. It is a good ride. It is a good ride. And if you Very get good. that joke, you get that joke. So, okay, jumping from Ride of the Week, we'll be back next week to talk about Steel Eel at San Antonio. But we're jumping into the halftime report and what's been a pretty interesting week in our fantasy league, I think. Yeah, um, I'm pulling it up right now. What are the odds that I get an ad when I go to the matchups again? Uh, I'm going to give it a one and one. Okay, let's start off. First matchup, we got me versus Marcus. Um, it's still going on right now, early in the first for the Monday night game, but it's looking like I'm going to win it. Um, Tom Brady, you know, it was a tough week, but he did good for fantasy. Aaron Jones, good week. Keenan Allen, good week. Cole Beasley, good week. It was a risk starting him, and it paid off. Uh, well, he still had Cooper Cup and Daryl Henderson and Austin Eckler. Yeah. Fournette had a down week. Yes, he did, and so did Cortland Sun. Um, but yeah, it was a close one, but right now it looks like I've got it unless Daniel yeah. Johnson goes crazy and I still have Travis Kelsey. So good for me. Good for me. I'll take it. The twisted travelers remain undefeated against the drunk riders. That's true. That's true. Um, we got Bryant versus Allison. Let's take a look. Yeah, this one's pretty much over. Allison walks away with the win here. Um, mm-hmm. She had a down week for Kyler, Terry McLaurin, and Robert Tanyan, but Debo Samuel and Jonathan Taylor still doing their thing, while Bryant just had a down week in general, you know? Yeah. Tough. Burrow did his thing, but Kamara, Diggs, C.D. Lamb all were solid. Everybody else Everyone is else. a little bit down. Yeah. Not great, yeah. So Allison going to keep winning. Good for her, good for her. Then we have Ben versus perry that is your dad right that's the right rockets team we have two rockets teams people. yes we do have two rocket teams yes that's my dad um and this is a close one that's still going on right now yeah Wait, my is. dad's finished playing he's up he's at 112 although my score just updated and now he's got an even better chance of winning um perry Perry's team just does whatever it wants, I guess. Pretty much. It, it looks like Ben's going to come away with the win, but it's early in the first, or not early. It's late in the first, and Tyreek Hill already has 16 points, so there's that chance. And he has his running backs still in, Perry does. Um, but it's looking yep. like Ben's got it. So good for Robert Woods, Adam Thielen, Najee Harris. All did solid. Yep. Okay. Next matchup is... You, sir, versus Steven. Yeah, what I could have beat anyone here? this week. I could have beat anyone this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
Steven, another I mean, tough one. Yeah, good call on starting a Mixon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Herbert Mixon, Gordon Cooper. Um, the only – no one on my team had a bad week. Everyone had a Except good for week. Robinson, but he got hurt. Except for Robinson. And even then, you know, he could have just put up a zero and it wouldn't matter. Pretty much. Uh, Steven, Josh Allen did his thing. Everybody else had a tough week except for Damian Harris. Uh, yeah. Man, it's it's tough. It's rough out here. So Jack going to get his third win of the season. And then we have my dad versus Grant. And even on your dad's worst week, he still wins. That's right. Um, he's got Mahomes still playing. Derek Henry got hurt. But Elijah Mitchell had a good week. Chris Godwin had a great week. Um, and then over on the other side, Grant Tannehill played well. But everybody else just did not pull through. So tough. Um, but yeah, still going strong for me. Jack's starting to come back a little bit. Looking good. Looking good. That was week eight of 14. So we're over the halfway point at this, this juncture. That's right. It's going to be, I think it's going to be an uphill battle if I want to get back from my, uh, really bad starts. So just don't want to be last. And I don't think that's going to happen for me. So yeah, I'm feeling good. Yeah. So we'll be back next week with more fantasy. That's right. Okay. Last couple things before we get into the interview. We have two listener questions that were specifically for us, and then we have more um, later on for Mike and EB. So first, from Brandon, what coaster, after becoming an enthusiast, scared or scares you the most? Do you have one? I do. Um, The only two rides, well, three rides, to make me nervous um, after becoming an enthusiast, I wouldn't say scared, but nervous. First time on Dragster, a little nerve wracking. First time on I three hundred five, just because I did not know what was about to happen. And first time on X two, or only time on X two actually. Um, a little nervous still, just because I had no idea what that was going to be like. Uh, but yeah, those are my three. Yeah, I really only have one since I became an enthusiast, and um. That's, and it's again like I just remember going up the lift hill of this ride. It's like this is the first time since riding Eagle I've been scared of anything, and it's X two. So I said I'd shout it out if one of you guessed it. And Brandon, you guessed it. It's X two. Um, Klaus, you also said you were going to guess it, but Brandon got it first. So yeah, just going up that lift hill backwards for the first time. If you don't get butterflies in your stomach, I have questions for you. So right. it's X two for me, definitely. Okay, and our last question for just us. Ugliest park you have been to from Bryant. The negativity this week, sir. Wow. He's just been, like, rude. I'm having to look at my list. We're just kidding with you, Bryant. You haven't been rude. Um, Hmm. What would I consider the ugliest park I've been to? I don't know if That's... I've been to an ugly park, really. I was gonna say I don't know if I've been to a park that I would call ugly. I will say, okay, I'll just point out some of the least pretty. How about we go with that? That um, works. I will go. I will say, I. Mm, no, I can't say that about that park either. Kentucky what Kingdom. No, I'm. Okay, it's fair. Kentucky Kingdom is not pretty. I was going to say Six Flags St. Louis, but then I realized that that backdrop is pretty cool. It just had parts that were not the best. 
Kentucky Kingdom's a legit answer because I've always that's one of my favorite things about Hershen's having bought them out is I'm hoping they're gonna Hershendify that park as I like to say and make yeah. it really pretty because uh, it's got a great rag collection but you can't help but feel like you're at a really really rundown Six Flags park. Mm-hmm. Um, another this okay I'm copping out with this one um, Santa Monica Pier, West Coast coaster that place. I mean, you have the Pacific ocean as a backdrop. It's kind of hard to say that's not pretty, but it's a big vast void of nothingness. Also, I went on a really crappy day, so I I can't say that that's ugly just because of the location. Yeah, fair enough. Um, the fun spot parks, I wouldn't consider pretty, but you know, what do you expect? Um, I feel bad saying this because I really do like the park compared to most people with Six Flags America definitely had spots that weren't pretty, but it also had spots that I thought were really well done. So, but it was very, that was another one I was going to say, um, Michigan's adventure. Sorry. It's not the prettiest park. Hold on a second. Um, (laughs) okay. Yeah, that's a good one. Because I'm looking at my spreadsheet of parks I've been to, and I completely forgot to even put Michigan's Adventure on here. So, yeah. (laughs) That's the one thing I'll say. Uh, Michigan's Adventure definitely ain't pretty. Rip. Rip. Adding it now. I think with that, we can safely end that segment, because I don't think it gets any better than that. So, with that, we're going to jump on into our interview with Mike and EB from Coaster Radio. All right, so we are here with our guest Mike and EB from Coaster Radio. So, do you guys want to go ahead and introduce yourselves? Let the people know a little bit about what you do, what your podcast is about, how long you've been doing it, you know, all the usual stuff. All the usual stuff, sure. No, we are the, uh, we like to call ourselves, Mike, the original theme park podcast. This is EB. Uh, we've been doing this now, this is our 16th year of CoasterRadio.com. Um, we like to talk about how we were a podcast before podcasts existed before YouTube existed all the way back in 2005. Um, so we've been doing this for a long time and we're happy to be on y'all's podcast because this is one of the many podcasts, Mike, that we've inspired. I feel like, (laughs) Oh, that's cool. Or we can claim that. I I think, right? No, 100%. You definitely, you inspired me to want to do a podcast and I dragged Chris along for the ride. I don't know how I ended up here. (laughs) (laughs) That's how we feel some weeks too. We're like, how did, how did we get here? Like, because when we started coaster radio back in 2005, we thought it was going to last for a couple months, maybe like one summer season. Mm -hmm. And so I think we're shocked that we're still doing it, you know, this many years later. Gotcha. So, and I know both of you have backgrounds actually in production and TV and radio. Mm -hmm. So I got to ask, like, what's it like, doing that every day and then getting to do that with coaster radio. I I think this is the fun version of what we, what we've do in our day jobs, right? Mike, where, um, you know, we have to do our day jobs and we have to do what, you know, somebody else tells us, tells us to do, but Mm -hmm. coasterradio.com is our own product. It's our own show. And and Mike, this is your vision from way back in the day when we first started doing this, we all worked together in the, uh, in the same little public television station, um, and then when that sort of all fell apart, we went our separate ways. Mike had the idea of guys, there's this thing called podcasting. We're like, yeah. what? It's like, oh, it's, it's, it's like internet radio. 
we could all get together and still do something creative. Yeah. And it's called a podcast. And that's where coasterradio.com came from. Yeah. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm one of those people, I think just like EB and maybe like you guys who have always loved the idea of like being on the radio, but it's kind of hard, right? Like Mm -hmm. it's, it's not, it's not the easiest of jobs. Like if you know anything about like people who are on the radio, it's like, you're always moving from city to city and it's really hard to have like steady employment. So if you want to have a family or something, it's not the greatest job for that, but being on the radio is so fun. Like ever since I was a kid, like there were radio shows that we'd listen to and just, I'd be like, Oh my God, I want to do that so badly. But then the other thing that I also loved at the same time were theme parks. Like ever since I was like three or four years old, like it was just something that I loved. So there was this idea in my head like in 1999, I remember sitting and thinking like, is there a way to do a radio show about theme parks? That would be so awesome. <laughs> like, but where do you do that? There's no place on earth. Like you can't go to your local radio station and say, I'm here to do a show about theme park. Like nobody would have had that. And EB's right. Then one day there was this article about this new thing called podcasting. And uh, we decided to give it a try. And I think when we started our show, I literally think there were like 400 podcasts out there. Like that, that's all there were. We were like right in that area of starting. Um, so there weren't many and nobody really knew what a podcast was. And uh, when we started like, you know, going to the parks and stuff, we had to explain to them what it was. And they were like, I don't even know what you're talking about. What is that? But, uh, but yeah, man, here it is 16 years later. And it just, you know, it's, it's so different, you know, like the whole, everything is different about it. That's crazy. Yeah. Um. So kind of, yeah, Hundreds of thousands of podcasts now. That's what's just nuts. Oh, yeah. And I feel like I email a park about something and they're like, oh, here comes another podcast. Another (laughs) podcast. Sure. Sure, exactly. Yeah. That's the hard part, man. Yeah, because now there's so many. And, you know, like there are hundreds of Disney podcasts about Disney parks. There are hundreds of universal ones. And now there are more and more like what we all do you know, just kind of talking about theme parks in general, which is great. Those are my favorite type of podcasts. Mm -hmm. Those are the ones I listen to. For sure. I'm more on the general theme park side than the Disney side for a variety of reasons, I will say. Um, But kind of continuing with the origin of Coaster Radio, we have a specific question from a fan, uh, Bryant. He says, how often do you talk with the other three joint chiefs these days? And what's been their overall reaction to the fact that you're still doing this 16 years later? Oh. <laughs> That's a good one. No, it, yep. it's, it's unbelievable. I think for sure that uh, they started back in the day with us uh, because it was that sort of thing where we just wanted to get back together and still do something creative, Mike, but yeah. w- it, it, it did kind of start to fall apart at some point And we, we were sort of like, okay, we've done this. We've kind of taken it to where it can kind of, find its own conclusion after just a few years. We, we didn't think it would be able to, to carry on <laughs> at some point, but yeah. then we revived it. So it, it's just me and Mike now. <laughs> yeah. And we still talk to the mm-hmm. guys. Um, one of them is my brother. So I see him all the time. And uh, you know, he actually joined us at, um, at Silver Dollar City for our meetup there and uh, got on stage and said hello to everybody. And, uh, but Mario and Flava still around, uh, still talking to them and, uh, they still listen occasionally. They kind of check in because I'll get a text from them saying, hey, I heard what you guys did, that this was funny. So I think they're shocked that it's still going on. Um, they, <laughs> they, love it. they love it and, you know, still uh, give ideas and stuff like that, which is fun. 
Yeah, it's been, I mean, I remember listening to those episodes and they were just, they were something else, just what would go down in those episodes. And then when you brought the two host format in, because I think I discovered the show right around the Carowinds meetup. Mm -hmm. And then my dad and I immediately jumped in and started at the beginning and listened our way all the way through to the present. And I just remember like watching the change over time. And it's like you said, when you started, there were maybe four or 500 podcasts total in the world. Yeah. So what's it been like to watch this shift over the last 16 years from like, I think you all recorded on CD straight to CD at in the beginning yeah. to yeah. where we are now doing this like fully online. Well, well, that's the interesting thing, isn't it? Especially if you go back and listen from the very beginning of coasterradio.com, it really was Mike saying, hey, guys, let's get back together and have some fun. We'll meet at my house. Come to the living room. I've got this equipment. I've got some microphones and we can lay them out in my living room. And we just went over to Mike's house and and sat around and had fun and, and talked about stuff. But now, yeah, it is just regular podcasting stuff. Like right now we're on, you know, we're all online. We're all in remote locations. Yep. That wasn't even something possible back when coasterradio.com started when we were all physically in the same room together. So we've seen the evolution of podcasting and the internet through coasterradio.com over the years. Yeah. Yeah. Cause when we started, you, you mentioned it, we were recording to a CD recorder. Yep. And it was something that my wife had from her school. Like, oh, we couldn't even afford something like that, but she had it. And it was at the house. So I was like, oh, I'm going to use that because like digital recorders were way too expensive and a computer wasn't fast enough to keep up with what we were doing. So and we didn't want to record on like cassette tape or like digital tape or something like that. So, yeah, man, we recorded on CD and, you know, edited on like a, a program called Gold Wave, which is like so old. Yes. Like old, like old school. Um, one of the first like digital audio software things. And uh, but now, man, it's so great because, um, you know, through things like Zencaster and and Zoom, you can bring in guests and do all, you know, all types of things and not have to rely on a phone. Like, um, you know, w when we first started, we used a, a phone hybrid type thing that would actually bring in phone calls and it was really horrible quality. But, you know, now a lot of these people that you interview like have great microphones and the sound quality can be so much better. And Well, now, especially, um, you know, with COVID and everything, everybody has to build their own home setup. So yeah, people yeah. are a lot more used to it. But I, I do absolutely remember back in the day, I would tell Mike, you have to burn me a CD <laughs> so I can right, listen yeah. to the show back. And I had, you know, this is this is going um, Gen X folks. <laughs> can think back we had the cd wallets in our cars right the black zippered case of cds yeah. that you would have to listen to in your car i had mm -hmm. one of those that was just dedicated to coasterradio.com of the cdrs that i would put into the cd wallet but yeah. no all yeah all of that's passed now especially now post covid again um everybody knows how to do video conferencing everybody knows how to set their laptop up to do you know an audio recording with other people remotely so podcasting, I think in the last two years has taken huge leaps and bounds. I mean, to sit, we've been doing it for 16 years, but I think the last two years has been huge for yes. podcasts. Yeah. Oh yeah. Especially as it gets more into the mainstream mm -hmm. you know, and, and, and that's, what's kind of fun. Like, I don't know if you guys notice this too, but like the audience kind of changes a little bit as, as more people in the mainstream get into podcasting. You have a lot of people who aren't just like hardcore enthusiasts. You get people who are just kind of like, Hey, I like theme parks. Let me see what this show's about. You know, mm -hmm. so that's kind of fun too. Just new audiences showing up mm -hmm. and that's way different than it was when we first started. When we first started, it was only like hardcore people who were going to 
roller coaster message boards. And those are the people who are finding us. And that was a little hard at the beginning, actually, because it was an audience that was hard to please. That actually kind of transitions into my next question. Nice. Which is characters, which is something y'all have become come known for. And my favorite character is the one, the original is Coaster Boy. <laughs> you got to give a little Coaster Boy. Little Coaster Boy's got to show up. Oh, the Coaster Boy's got to show up. Fine, whatever. I guess you guys. <laughs> Coaster Boy really came out of those early days because Mike said, you know, people said, Coaster Posers, what are they doing? They have no idea what they're doing. But uh, CoasterRadio.com, I guess they've come to their own. Whatever. Okay, fine. Uh- yeah, Coaster Boy was actually based on a real guy. Yeah, who was, was uh, not happy with our show and went on the Coaster Buzz forum to talk about it, and and we were so offended by what he was saying. But Eb took that anger and turned it into comedy, and that's where Coaster Boy came from. Yeah, and it's just hilarious because those characters—they've turned into this their own story arcs. Coaster Boy, uh, Hagrid is yeah, <laughs> um, and then my dad and I are diehard c-pain fans oh yes yeah me too me too and it's hard to drag that out of mike sometimes i feel like <laughs> <laughs> yeah i feel i feel like times have changed and so if you go back and listen to the c-pain stuff from early on like it's funny but i don't know if it would work today as much as it did like that and that's what's hilarious is that we've done so many shows that there's a thing you could be like well it worked back then which right no yeah we've been around for long enough now that it's like 10 years ago what was okay and acceptable (laughs) or even like was like towing the line is totally not cool anymore yeah yeah. so now i'm now i'm almost afraid to like you know well at least we weren't doing a podcast back in the 90s because that would be even worse right can you imagine the horrible horrible offensive characters that we would have from back in the 90s yeah so bad so but but i love c-pain too because i love just the the goofiness of auto-tuning your voice and just singing dumb lyrics. Like there was a time with C-Pain, we used to do it live. Like the best C-Pain songs were produced. But do you remember EB? We used to actually like like play a beat and just like like I would riff with the auto tune, and it was horrible. But well, know. and I I feel like that the show's been around long enough that people don't even know that C-Pain is a reference to an yes. actual <laughs> musical person who T-Pain who did the auto tune. Like that's where auto tune started was back yeah. with T-Pain, and then it was a joke that C-Pain would come on and sing about roller coasters. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So like you, you mentioned that some people love the characters. The The flip side is there's so many listeners who hate the characters. Too. Oh, yeah. And and see pain in particular, you know, because I don't think they get what what's going on. And like one time somebody wrote in and they're like, Mike, you suck. You think you're so funny or what you think you're so you write such great songs, but they're, you're not a musician. And I'm like, no, of course I'm not a musician. That's not the point. Like, That's the joke. Thing. That's part of it. It's a joke. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, but yeah, it's funny how, you know, the joke sometimes flies over some people's head. Mm-hmm. You know, but that's yeah. awesome. It's good. <sighs> okay. So moving on, let's talk about the NPH project. What's up with this? I'm curious because this is something that I'm not familiar with as somebody who hasn't listened to every single episode. Jack added this in. I need some explanation. Uh, this is one of my favorite story arcs of the entirety of your all show. Um, and it's, and it's, in, 
I'm in it's, the middle of rewatching How I Met Your Mother right now, so uh-huh. this is oh, yeah. perfect timing. Yeah, it's it's a hard one to explain, and I'm I'm sure Mike deals with this also as much as I do, where people find out about the podcast or they find out about uh, what Coast Radio is, and and NPH invariably comes up in that, and it's like walking down the hall. It's like, hey, I found out about your podcast. You got like this NPH thing going on. It's like, okay, I got like 30 seconds to explain <laughs> this story and there's not enough time to actually do it. And so trying to explain yeah. the story of what happened is actually kind of difficult in a short amount of time. And it usually ends up with something like, well, we were joking about how we should have a celebrity on the show. And so we started talking to, you know, about who likes roller coasters. Well, David Arquette likes roller coasters. So we started like stalking him, but not really <laughs> stalking him. It was more of like we were doing jokes and things with the listeners and we sent him a basket of treats and we were trying to do like photoshop contests but he never actually responded to it but we knew that he knew that we were talking about him because we were tagging him on twitter and so finally a whole year later we gave up and we announced on the show that we were giving up on david arquette and instead we were going to try to get in touch with neil patrick harris because we know neil patrick harris likes theme parks and roller coasters mm-hmm. And then that same week that we said that on the podcast, we get an email saying, what makes you think I'm not already a listener of your podcast? And we, our minds were just blown. (laughs) And so that started the Neil Patrick Harris uh, project where we were stalking Neil Patrick Harris and we were trying to get his attention with the same things where we sent him gifts and we had the listeners do Photoshop contests. And the whole goal of it was to get NPH on the podcast and become the announcer of the show. And he finally did ultimately a year later. Yeah. And, and you know, what's funny about that is like all of that started with like David Arquette and then Neil Patrick Harris, like us just trying to figure out like, what do we put on this podcast? Like during the off season, like, you know, when, when the parks are closed, what do we talk about? And so we said, well, it'd be kind of fun to stalk a celebrity and send them things like the goofiness of sending them a big tower of candy and treats and stuff, you know, like, would, would they get that? Would they write back? And, um, you know, it was funny how it actually worked. You know, it actually worked, especially with uh, with Neil uh, being a listener already, which was shocking to us at first. We I wooed mean, him. We, yeah. we we totally wooed him. Right. Like at Christmas time, we had the listeners send Christmas greetings to Neil Patrick Harris and his family and record videos. Yes, <laughs> and we compiled yeah. them together and sent them to him as a Christmas gift. So there were all sorts of weird, wacky things that we were doing kind of during those. It was two years, ultimately, with uh, the first year trying to get David Arquette's attention and then uh, the next year getting NPH's attention. Um, and in the end, it, it worked out. It worked out, I think. that We, we culminated the thing with the uh, um, the, the Neil Patrick Harris. Um, we, we raised money for a favorite charity of his um, somewhat successfully. <laughs> but it worked out in the end. And we Wait, became this- best pals. Is that where that certain episode that I'm remembering happened? Was that in there somewhere? Is this the angry episode? (laughs) Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. We sort of flipped out, right? Yeah. I remember we were driving through Virginia and all of a sudden that episode came on and my dad and I were like, oh, boy. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it yes. it was a project two years in the making, right? Where we were trying to get the attention of uh, David Arquette. It didn't work. We're trying to get the attention of Neil Patrick Harris. It wasn't quite, you know, we, the, we were playing it up like it wasn't working. And we decided we were going to raise money for this project, um, the, the Neil Patrick Harris project, for his favorite charity. Um, 
Project Angel Food? Project Angel Food, yep. Right, mm-hmm. which, which serves meals to, to folks that need that are in need. And we wanted to raise $5,000 through the podcast. And we knew we could do it. We had enough listeners to be able to do it and chip in. We had a couple of different campaigns and different ideas of way that, ways that people could you know donate money. But for whatever reason, it just wasn't happening. <laughs> and so we were like, guys, we've been working on this for so long. Why aren't you coming through on this? We have to get this to happen. We're finally here at the end. This is supposed to be the finale of this gigantic thing. Yep. And then... It, it, it worked out in the end, Mike. You know, we did get NPH. We did donate the, the, the goal, finally, ultimately. And NPH did come on the podcast. And he has been our announcer for 10 years at yeah. this point. Yeah, we just, NPH has been a, a close personal friend of CoasterRadio.com. Yeah, and it's, it's been cool because the, the nicest thing that he does is, like, well, a little behind-the-scenes action is we're totally – never wanting to bother him so we never ask him for things except like every now and then we're like hey will you judge our you know real design contest or our ride design contest and, and he's always like oh of course i will but a lot of times he's really cool and like when he's at epcot um being the narrator for the candlelight processional he'll call from backstage like five minutes before he's supposed to go on and leave a message and say hey here's what i did today and here's how the magic bands work and just kind of really nice to to do that like it's not something that we ask for just kind of like he's like hey here's how i can be a part of the show when it makes sense and mm-hmm. um, that's yeah. always always been really cool that that he does that and just like has been in touch over that time which is really great yeah and then i think you know the one part that hasn't i mean it's gotten brought up but it hasn't in the end you also got to go be extras on how i met your mother <laughs> Yeah, that was yeah. kind of the thank you. I feel like so. Yeah, we um, the end of the Neil Patrick Harris project was us. You know, the goal was to get him on the podcast to talk to him, but then right. also have him be the announcer for CoasterRadio.com. Right, that was what we all what we always wanted was we should have a celebrity announcer introduce mm-hmm. the show, and so he came on and he recorded that for us. But then we also talked to him. You know, for a full episode, he came on and did a, a live interview, and we joked about how. Oh, it's so great. You've been on our show. We should be on your show sometime. And he was like, ha ha, sure, guys. Anytime you're in California, come on out. You can be on my show. Ha ha ha. Okay, bye. We'll talk to you later. And Mike and I were like, we should totally call him out and make sure that he lets us do that. Send him an email. And so we did. Yeah. And and what was so nice, he's like, all right, tell me, like, I will hear the times where we are shooting. Yep. If you can make it at one of those, let me know and we'll set it up and I think EB, like you and I, like bought tickets that day. Like yeah. right away, we we're like, we're going. Yeah, he so. was like, here's when you guys can come out. And we were like, okay, we're going to come. Okay, thanks. <laughs> yeah, so so it was it was really, really cool. And um, like, so we actually made that into like a long weekend and went out there and went to Disneyland on the first day. And then the second day went to the Fox Studios. And um, it was a, a really kind of bizarre experience because um we we actually had like a pass to drive onto the lot and Mm -hmm. it looks just like it does in like the movies and stuff you're driving onto this lot with all these sound stages and there's a new york set over there and there's some other big set over there you know and it's kind of like freaky we're like driving 
on to that area because like what did they call it eb there like you have a drive-on pass yes oh totally, like, really oh nice yeah it's it's just like if you've ever watched like animaniacs or seen peewee's big adventure where they're on the studio yeah. lot that's exactly what it was and we were there and we were we were like in wayne's world when they're flashing the pass right it's like special guests of nph special guests of nph and we walked right into the studio <laughs> And we had chairs set out for us and we got to go and sit in the primo location to be the extras that were on camera the most. It was so fantastic. Yeah, it was. And it was so nice because they sort of set us up in the area where the director sits. Mm-hmm. And so we were sitting like in a row behind the director watching her like work with the actors. And she has like five monitors that have each of the cameras up there. And so, you know, she's watching all those. Um, and you know, and Neil came over and he, what was really nice about Neil, he was introducing us to everybody like, Oh, Hey, here's the director and director. This is Mike and EB and they do this show and they do all these characters. And it was kind of funny to hear him like talking about the show. Right, As much as we try to explain our relationship to NPH, it was funny to see him explaining his relationship to us, to his peers. Like, well, there's like this podcast and it's about theme parks and roller coasters. It's actually cool guys. (laughs) Exactly. And I just, I have to imagine how funny it had to be to watch him go from that to being Barney just when they call. And because Barney is one of the funniest characters ever, but He's definitely slightly different than Neil and his the way he acts. Oh, uh-huh. yeah. and I <laughs> remember, just... like, I remember sitting in the like right behind the director and watching him do a take, and he did something that was funny that I laughed out loud. Yep. Like sitting in that thing, and like, and I like, and everybody kind of looked over and I was like, "Oh shoot, that's not what you're supposed to do. You know, you're supposed to be quiet." And uh, but yeah, that was that was so fun. And then and then of course, like to be actually be extras in a couple of scenes. You know, which was awesome, but also terrifying. It was so, so scary because they they kind of threw us into the deep end of the pool without telling us how to do it or what to do. They kind of like sat us down there in the middle of, on the, you know, right behind that famous bench well, where the mm-hmm. main character sit and said action. And then there's me and EB trying to figure out what to do. So it was, it was pretty wild. Yeah, that's crazy. I I think that's one thing that y'all have done that I don't see any other podcast doing is actually befriending a like top celebrity getting them on the show. I don't know of anybody else who's done that in the theme park community. That's impressive. It's genuinely impressive. And it's, it was just, it was like one of those things that just was such a stroke of luck that it all happened the way it did, you know? And, um, that just one of those things that, you know, we couldn't even plan because we were thinking that the celebrity thing probably wouldn't work. Like, Oh, it was was just silly, right? Yeah. Dumb, you know? And like, It'd be funny if David Arquette sent something saying, leave me alone. You know, that, 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 then we'd <laughs> that would have been funny enough. It, you know? Yeah. You know, um, but yeah, just to have it, you know, turn out the way it did is, is so great. Yeah. So yeah. I imagine reading a cease and desist on the podcast. Would have been <laughs> <anything>. <laughs> that would have right. been so funny though. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well, I, I mean, I, I would be remiss if I didn't sneak it in. It had to be a legend. Wait for it. Derry. Yep. <laughs> it was. Yeah, it's so, just such a such a fun such a fun moment, and I think for for me and EB working in TV and stuff, it was a great experience from that perspective too. Just seeing how it's done, you know, on that level was, mm-hmm. was yeah. something I've always remember. It was so great. Awesome. Let's see. Well, we've talked so we've talked a lot about the origins of Coast Radio. We've talked about some characters and Neil Patrick Harris. 
The next thing I want to know, because again, y'all have been doing this a lot longer than most of us. What's it been like watching this thing grow and then getting to like host meetups and do stuff like that over time? It's, it's been like, to me, like, I think the favorite thing I've ever done, because I've, I've gotten to do a lot of really like interesting things in TV and radio. Um, but the thing that I love most about Costa Radio is that, you know, here we are, EB's in Indiana, and I'm right outside of Washington, D.C. in Northern Virginia. We do this show in, essentially like in our home studios in our basements, you know, so it's, it's not like we're in some fancy studio with satellites and stuff. We're just, you know, this is like a homemade, homegrown podcast. But I love that what we do, you know, just here gets heard by people all over the world. That to me is shocking and amazing. And that's what's so awesome about podcasting is that, you know, here we are talking about Cedar Point on a show and there's some guy in China listening and there's somebody listening on in London on the tube and somebody in France and then somebody in Anaheim, you know, they're walking down. Somebody said, Hey, I was walking down main street. I had my earphones on and I'm listening to your show. You know, it, that's so cool. And it's something like even beyond what I thought I could do as a kid, like being on the radio, you're in one city, right? Mm -hmm. You're not going to be heard all across the world, but that's what I love is that this thing that we're doing, is so accessible by anybody around. And the thing that I love most, it's like something that that we're passionate about, you know, theme parks, but anybody who's listening is also passionate about it. So we all have this, this thing in common. And I think that's what's so great about it. Well, and it's always been a tenant of coastradio.com that we're interactive. We always want to be able to connect with the listeners. So we've always tried to have, you know, we do, we do listener questions where we ask the listeners to participate. We'll do a whole episode, you know, where we ask a question and the, the listeners give us their responses and we read those on the air and we comment on them and things like that. We have games that we do where we have game shows where we have live listeners calling in or we do the live um, recording of the podcast where listeners can interact with the podcast, but that's what's kept us going. And I think that's where the, the meetups came from is we want to continue to connect with these listeners, like Mike said, around the country and around the world. And at some point we were like, well, how do we keep this going? How do we keep the energy up? Well, let's actually meet face to face. And we started doing the events um, at this point, seven, eight years ago, I think we've been doing the events um, yeah. where it was, Hey guys, you're listeners to the podcast. We're listeners to the podcast. We should all get together sometime and we should hang out because we all like the same thing. So let's go to Cedar point. And we picked a date and we all showed up <laughs> and yeah. people did show up. And then we've been doing it ever since. Um, COVID times kind of knocked things out. Um, we're trying to get back to it again, but we have been doing meetups um, with dozens and dozens of listeners from around the country and around the world that have been flying out <laughs> overseas and it just continues that interactivity and that connection with the audience that we've always been looking for yeah and the the meetups were eb's idea and when he first brought them up i was terrified to do it for for a number of reasons but the the, the biggest reason i was scared to do it is because i remember we did a show at holiday world like the year after the voyage opened and they put us up at this like folding table outside of the station and we were standing there and these guys walked up like we hadn't even announced. I guess we announced that we were going to be there. And so we said, hey, if any listeners want to show up, we're going to be outside the voyage at three o'clock. And so these guys walked up and they got to the table where we were and they saw that it was us. And they just had this look of disappointment. <laughs> like I could see in their eyes. I could see in their face. They were like, 
oh, this is it, huh? This okay. Like, this is what you guys are. Okay, I get it. Yeah, they look bummed out, and I remember see- seeing that look of disappointment in their <laughs> eyes. And, and I thought, like, oh my god, <laughs> we do this at a meetup, and a hundred and hundred fifty people show up, and they, what if they all have that same? They're look? gonna they're gonna get in a line and just in yeah. turn give us the same <laughs> yeah. reaction one after another. But to be yeah. fair, that was back in two thousand six, right? Is when Voyage opened. So theme park, I mean, podcasts were still brand new, and That's people true. did not quite know what it was supposed to be. And so when it was just two dudes. With a handheld recorder and a folding table, it it seems okay that they might be they they, they might be disappointed yeah, in that. But right. when we did the actual first meetup at, at Cedar Point, I mean that was almost ten years later at that point, um, and it was it was so much fun because it really was sort of that we had more of an attitude of a ragtag band of enthusiasts that were just going to yeah. show up right where we we really were. All right, come find EB's car in the parking lot. He's going to fly a flag off his bumper. <laughs> And then we're going to grill out (laughs) in the parking lot, like a tailgate party and people showed up for that. It was, it was just wild. (laughs) I was shocked. I was shocked because I was, I was like, how, you know, are we going to get like two dudes showing up? Like, Hey, I'm here for my food. Where is it? You know, no, we had like 60, 70 people show up and the cops who were like, you can't tailgate in the parking lot of Cedar Point. (laughs) Was it the Cedar Point police or the Sandusky police? They have their own police, right? That's been controversial this past year. We've been finding out they have their own police. So yeah, yeah, it was their own police came out and, uh, and told us what to do. And we were like, no, wait a minute. Cedar Point said we, we could be here. And it was like, we don't have any record of that yeah that's right that's right because yeah the, the internal cedar point people said hey yeah go ahead grill out do whatever you want but yeah man the cops came and almost almost shut it down but that's all right they were like they were cool when they figured out what was going on well we had our international listener didn't we we had the, our, our friendly english guy who talked to the lady cop and he was like hello I'm here from England and I'm here from the coastradio.com podcast listener meetup let me just talk to you for a moment and we'll smooth things over and she had a big smile as she was talking to him. Yeah, but exactly. we, we kind of shut things down. And then later on, we did we did grill out at the picnic pavilion for lunch. Oh, yeah. And so it did yeah. actually happen with the, with the cookout and the whole thing. So it worked out yeah. in the end. But that, the, the listener meetups have been so much fun. Um, it really is in the spirit of CoastaRadio.com where it is supposed to just be a gathering of enthusiasts of all levels, right? Like the most yeah. hardcore mm-hmm. coaster boys all the way down to the new fans can get together and just have a good time without too much judgment. That's, that's, that's what coaster radio is supposed to be about. Got you. Um, so talking more about some things that you have done with fans and it got brought up earlier, the real design contest. Let's talk mm. mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Well, we, we've done games. We've always done games and contests. That's always been something we've enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Um, this is going back to the old days of, you know, like Mike was talking about wanting to be radio DJs, you know, back in the old radio show days where mm-hmm. you would have contests on the radio. We wanted to have a contest of some sort where people would submit roller coaster designs. What was it? It was the Emmys or the Oscars, right? Oh yeah. It was right around the, cause yeah, that's where it came from originally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like trying to come up with, okay, you know, we would look at, okay, February's got Valentine's Day, so we've got to come up with content. Oh, this was another off-topic thing where it was yes. like, or like an off-season thing where it was like, what are you supposed to talk about with theme parks and roller coasters in February? Exactly, exactly. So then the Oscars came up and we're like, well, what if we do a contest where people design rides around movies? That could be fun. And that's kind of where it started from. And again, we had no idea what was going to start being sent in, but 
this is where like there are where you realize there's so many creative people out there and, and people in our audience just are so into theme parks that some people already had created rides in their minds or even on paper. Remember that that one guy, EB, had a whole like prospectus that he had been sending to the parks. And he's like, hey, I want to enter the contest, but I need you guys to sign a non-disclosure. Because <laughs> I've actually been working on this for years, <laughs> but I want to enter it into the contest anyway to get attention to it. So yeah, it's it's been fantastic. The Real Design Contest yeah. where, where we've done it a, a few times now over the years and the submissions are just incredible. And I feel like it's gotten a reputation because we actually have a really, really impressive panel of judges. It's not yeah. just they submit these things and it's like, Hey guys, look, it's this swamp thing, ride. And me and Mike are like, okay, that's cool. We have like <laughs> real um, theme park designers, Imagineers, park presidents, um, folks from the, uh, the, 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 the ride companies, as the judging panel, Neil Patrick Harris was a judge um, on, on every single uh, real design contest. And they look at these rides and give their feedback. And so it, it's a really, really cool contest. Mike, maybe we should do that again this year. It's been a couple of years now. Yeah, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it is a lot of fun. And, it, and that's exactly the thing that I love most is hearing from the professional ride designers who, you know, have created things that we've all written. And so they, here they are taking a look and they never just give like a quick answer. It's never like, ah, I like ride B. That's great. Fantastic. There, there's the winner. They go through and give, you know, detailed accounts of like what they liked and what they don't like and why they were voting for one. So that's, that's a cool, cool thing. And again, something that you can do on a podcast that you might not be able to do somewhere else. You know, it like really works well on, on a podcast, I think. Mm-hmm. It's such a cool idea. And I, another favorite story that's come out of that is EB's idea that he always pitched. And then a park kind of built it. Yes. EB. We've had a couple of these. We've had, we've had a couple of these. So one of the winners of the real design contest, let's go back through, 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 through the, uh, the winners here was the glass bottom boat of the swamp thing attraction. Oh yeah. Or the, or the creature from the black lagoon. Yes. That's it. Yep. And universal's building it. Yeah, supposedly, right? That's the rumor. Right. That's this is a, this is something that's supposed to be coming from Universal. This was a winner of the real design contest. So, but then before that, I had the idea as an example for the real design contest of building a drop ride that went um, down into a shaft. So you would board a drop ride at the top, but it would drop you underground. That was so many years ago, but then Glenwood Caverns, they built it. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. there, there's been a lot of things that with coasterradio.com that I feel like have been our ideas and then they've been stolen. This past weekend, we found out that um, um, down at Holiday World, my home park, that they've got Thanksgiving, they've got Halloween, they've got Fourth of July, and they've got Christmas. They want to build a birthday, happy birthday land. That was my idea. That's like right. 12 That's years ago, I said that was the best new holiday for Holiday World. And what I love, though, EB, is everything we have is like archived. So you yes. can go back and find it. Like I, I feel like I can prove that that was my idea first. <laughs> I love it. And, yeah, and uh, then with the Glenwood Caverns things, y'all got to be the voices of characters for it. Oh, yeah. We've, See, we've, we've made a lot of friends. That, that's what's so nice is that we've made a lot of friends. And over the past 16 years, we've made friends with like a 16-year-old who found the podcast 16 years ago. And now he's in his 30s and he's working at the park. Yes. Yep. Right. And so that's the thing is that we've built this loyalty over the years. And so we have these longtime fans who, it's, you know, who find us again um, 
and so yeah we we've been the voice on some uh a couple of different rides we've got some rides at luna park that we've got the voice on mike you were a voice um at six flags mexico city we've been voices um out in the uk during the haunt season as voices in the uh in the midway for the haunt um so it's been so much fun to have the fans reach out to us i mean just like you guys have right reach out to us and say guys we want to do something for you and let's get you into the parks and and do something fun. And that's kind of, I think one of the fun things about doing a podcast is that if you're enthusiastic about something, Mm -hmm. all of us, everybody on this podcast today is like enthusiastic about this stuff. The people who create this stuff sometimes listen in and be like, well, Hey, if, if they're excited to do a voice for the ride, okay, fine. We'll let them. That's great. You know? And, and that that seems to happen. And what what I like is that a lot of the people who are, you know, designers or uh, public relations people or even park presidents or stuff, you know, they listen to these podcasts that we all do because they kind of want to hear like what are what are the fans saying or what are people who really like saying about my park and about my industry? Like I'm I'm always surprised when I hear that that happens. But mm-hmm. Evie and I've heard that a lot that you'd be surprised who's listening. You know, they don't always they never like write in or call in or anything. But, you know, a lot of people who are high up listen to these podcasts to get a good sense of, you know, what everybody's yeah. talking about. It's interesting. Yeah. OK, so this is a question that I think can be useful for both me and Jack and anybody listening at home. What advice would you give to others who might want to get into podcasting or producing media like this? Don't. There's too many people. <laughs> Just listen. No more. Yeah. No more people. <laughs> and this, this is like full circle because I remember early on when I was like, we should do a podcast, Chris. And I sent Mike an email. I was like, so what's how does do, how do we even start this thing? I, I didn't write don't, right? <laughs> no, you did not write don't. You sent me a very nice Yeah, good oh, thing you didn't write to me. Yeah, you would have a very nice email giving me a lot of advice and we did use a lot of it so we appreciate it for sure oh, but sure sure yeah i i think you know one of the things i the advice i would have given 16 years ago is different than the advice i'd give now I oh sure now, now you sort of have to look at like what everybody is doing and then try to not do the exact same thing mm-hmm. because that's just that just won't get you recognized by an audience or won't have an audience, you know, check you out because they'll be like, well, there's, that sounds like everything else. I've, I've it's heard. a lot harder to carve out a niche with how right. many people are out there right now. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. So, you know, you, you sort of have to first make sure that what you're putting out is like a high quality product in terms of like just using good microphones, mm-hmm. yep. good editing. And, um, you know, a lot of people put out podcasts where it's like they talk over each other. There's like too many people talking at once. The one person's audio is way um, louder than the other. You know, just things that are difficult for people to listen to. So that's one thing I would sort of, you know, talk about. But then just coming up with a different spin on how are you going to talk about the same stories that everybody's covering? You know, like if there's a story about a new roller coaster that's opening, every single podcast is going to talk about it. So how do you do it? in a way that's a little bit different than all the others, you know? And I think that's how you start to gain an audience. But Mm -hmm. the the third thing that I would say for anybody trying it is to make sure that you do it regularly, because I think a a problem with podcasts is that people start off, you know, really strong and they're really excited, but they don't put out an episode on a regular schedule. 
And so then people are like, well, wait, I, I really like that first episode. When can I hear another one? And they don't know when it's going to come, so they don't come back. Um, so that's the other thing I think that's that EB and I found that's pretty important. That's good. Yeah. 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 I will say that when me and Jack first hopped into the whole podcast thing, it was right around the pandemic, right? When it first started and we actually had the time mm-hmm. to do it. And then uh, that was one thing that I had made clear at the start was I thought if as long as we just post regularly, we can mm-hmm. at least gain a little bit of something. And it seemed yeah. like once the pandemic started to chill out, a lot of other podcasts started to drop off, which gave yeah. us more of an opportunity. And we have actually yes. carved out, you know, some loyal fans and followers. We have a discord server. Where we talk to them all the time. Um, I'm surprised at how much it's grown in a year and a half, and I'm very proud of it. Um, but yeah, we jumped in at that time and we stuck to it and it definitely paid out. I, I think that's awesome. That's awesome. my other rule. And I know this is something you all agree with is just have fun with it. Yes. Yes. I think, I think a problem with not so much with podcasters, but like a lot of people who are bloggers, vloggers, or uh, have websites and stuff, they take what they do too seriously and they take themselves too seriously. I mean, we've seen a lot of that over 16 years, you know, just people who aren't having fun with it. Like we're talking about theme parks and roller coasters and stuff. It's just fun, you know, and like a lot of people just get angry about things and like, you know, just, <laughs> everybody's got to relax. It's fun, man. Just, you know, we're, we're talking about, Parks, well, ultimately, know. it is a lot of work, right? So, so Mike and I have always joked about how we do the show first for ourselves. True, right? yes, because yes. it has to be fun. It has to be fun for us because it it is a lot of work. Yeah, it's awesome, and th- this kind of goes hand in hand with that. What's been the most rewarding part you think of doing a podcast in the theme park industry? And this is from our friend Allison. Yes, this is from our friend Allison. I think it goes back to those meetups, Mike. Um, The the interactivity with the show has always been around. I think we've always tried to get feedback from the listeners. We've always asked listeners to send us emails and and answer questions and things like that. But the ultimate manifestation of that is the the listener meetup events where we get to meet up face-to-face, go to the parks and spend eight hours, you know, with the listeners. And, and some of them, you know, they, they come and they say hi, and then they kind of split off and they do their own thing. And they may come back when we record a show in the, in the park at, um, do a live podcast. But there's always a handful of listeners that are just like, Hey, Mike and EB, I want to spend the whole day with you. <laughs> and those guys are cool too, right? It's, it's fun. It's sure, great. Sure. Sure. You know, I was, um, I always think of that scene in Good Morning Vietnam, the Robin Williams movie, <laughs> yeah. that scene where um, he's stuck in like a traffic jam or something and all these soldiers are around him. And, uh, you know, he, he, he at that point, he was kind of like bummed out about doing his show. But then he actually met all of the soldiers he was doing the show for. Yeah. And then he got it. He's like, oh, my huh? God, that this is who I'm doing it for. When we started doing the meetups, that was kind of like a moment for me because I was like, wait, these these, this is who it is. This is, and so it's, it, I always like think of those meetups when doing the show now, because I'm like, okay, these are the, the folks who, you know, were nice enough to come out to like a event to like see us do a show. And, um, you know, so, so that's important, but one, mm-hmm. one of the things that I love most are getting to meet the people who make these rides, mm. you know, to talk to them. Um, you know, and it's, it's really cool because it kind of changes the way, that you experience the parks, um, you know, even going way back to like our first season, like talking to Joe Rody from Disney Imagineering about animal kingdom and, 
expedition Everest. Like that was just cool to hear him just talk for a half hour about like his creative process and what goes on and all the research that they do just for one attraction. And we've had a lot of experiences like that, haven't we? Be like just people, you know, from park presidents, park owners, creative people doing rides, all the way down to, you know, the guy sweeping up the park and stuff. You know who we've talked to. It just it's fun. Just yeah, to- I, I I suppose that the sweet nice answer is me saying, oh, it's all about the listeners, isn't it? But let's <laughs> let's get let's be honest, Mike. It's all about the selfishness and the perks <laughs> that we get. Right. Where we get there. We, good perks. Yeah, good we perks. get the cut the line passes. We get the behind the stage tours. We get, you know, we get the, uh, we get the dinners out with the park owners. The, those sorts of things are actually what's the best part of doing, about doing the podcast. It, that is cool though. It is, it is cool to have the behind the scenes access. And that's honestly, when, when we started the show, that was one of the like things that I was excited about most is, Oh my gosh, I want to see like, you know, underneath the station of a roller coaster. Or I want to see, I want to drive, behind the bus. Actually, you know what the best thing ever? I swear to God, this is when I think about Coaster Radio and the best thing we ever got to do is when we actually got to drive our car through King's Dominion. Like we actually, like, you know, like, mm-hmm. and, and then like drive into the backstage area and you see like pieces of old rides and stuff. And you're like, oh my God, this is what it's all about. Like seeing, oh my God, there's a log flume vehicle over there. Oh, whoa, look at that. You know, just like all the stuff that's like sitting around backstage. And that's cool. That's really cool because, you know, that's something that just as a fan, you know, you normally don't get to see unless you're Well, and I I feel like we as a podcast, we've been really cool about that kind of thing. And I think that's something that set set us apart um, throughout the 16 years is that we've always played it really cool. Because they'll be like, oh, why don't you just come over here and we'll go into the uh, the, the, underneath the uh, roller coaster and I'll show you, you know, this backstage area. And it's like, okay, sure, we'll go see that. But inside you're like, oh my God, this is the coolest yeah. thing ever. Can I touch a wheel? You yeah, exactly. have to try to not like, you know, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah, sure. sure. Whatever. Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. Is, yeah. I, I always notice and I can see that like we're shaking with like excitement of, of whatever it is that we're seeing, but it's always like, yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hey, awesome. you know, yeah. We've got, we've got a, we've got some old wood here from the, the coaster that we're tearing down. Would you guys, you can take a piece home. Okay. Yeah. I can take a piece home. That's fine. Cool. Okay. Yeah. And inside we're like, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's like, oh yeah, no, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. I register with that so much. I'll never forget the first time a park like it's like, yeah, okay, yeah, you want to go behind the scenes and take pictures? It's like, okay, we can make that happen. And I'm like, yeah. awesome, this is great. Yeah, right? And inside, I'm like, oh, yay, 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 yay. Or the other <laughs> it's, one, it's finally happening. Yeah, the other one was a couple of weeks ago. I got to meet Fred Grubb. Yeah, and I'm just I'm standing there, and I'm like. Oh my God, this is Fred Grubb. It's like, he's right here. And you know, it's like, hi, Fred, my name's Jack. How, oh, yeah, thanks. You know, thanks for paying for the bar tonight and having us out to your facility and all right? that. Inside, I'm like, yeah. oh my God, oh my God, this is Fred Grubb. Uh, he's designed all of this. Uh. Exactly, right? Like, that's that's what's awesome about this stuff is that, you know, like, it, like how many people have ridden his rides, you know, and like, here's the dude who like came up with it and 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 figured out how to make RMC such a huge success and you know, kind of innovated the industry and stuff like that. That's awesome. Man. No, it's That's about cool. the listeners. It's about the listeners. It is Stop. always about the listeners. <laughs> <laughs> it does make a difference. I mean, let's bring it back to that because it, it is true that, you know, we, we look at the numbers and you see that you've got, you know, a thousand downloads or 5,000 downloads or 10,000 downloads. It doesn't really matter. What matters is I open up the P.O. box. We have a snail mail P.O. box and I open mm-hmm. it up and somebody sends me a postcard 
and says, hey, guys, I went to this park. It was a lot of fun. Love the show. That means so much more to me than seeing 3000 downloads or whatever it is. You know what I mean? It's great. It's so nice to have that personal touch. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and Jack, you mentioned like you, you listened with your dad. Like we've heard so many stories. Yeah, that's, that's, that's great. Thing. Like, yeah, Hey, we listen as a family, as we're going down to the park. And, and that's exactly one of the reasons we started the show is like, we wanted people to listen as they were driving to the park oh, right. and excited uh-huh. about their day. And so when we hear that somebody said like, Hey, I had a two hour trip down to Bush gardens. We listened to two episodes and it got us really pumped up. That's exactly it. Like that's well, 100% why we do it is, and- you know, to get people having fun and to share that type of thing. So, and it's so much fun too. Cause like I said, so 2018, my dad and I are like, we're going to do this massive road trip. And so mm-hmm. we started in Knoxville, Tennessee and we went up and we hit Kings Island, Cedar point, Michigan's adventure, Canada's wonderland, Knobles, Dorney park, Kings dominion, wow. and Carolyn nice. all in the span of about two and a half weeks. Yeah. Awesome. And over awesome. those two and a half weeks, I don't think we listened to anything other than Coaster Radio. We started mm-hmm. in season three and we finished in season eight. <laughs> Whoa, that's awesome. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, because that's that was the whole idea is, you know, do a goofy radio show about theme parks, but, you know, just make it fun and make it accessible to mm-hmm. everybody, regardless of if you're uh, never been on a roller coaster or a super, super fan. And And one of the things that makes me proudest of the show is that there are people who listen who are like girlfriends of coaster enthusiasts. And they're like, Hey, I'll <laughs> I don't even know what you guys are talking about, but it's fun. So I'll listen to, and you know, and there are people who like just got started getting into this stuff and they listen. And then there's the person who, Hey, I've ridden 800 roller coasters, you know, and even though you guys get some facts wrong, yeah, you guys get I'll- it wrong, but it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. I still listen. So, you know, it's cool. That's, that's, what's fun about it. Yeah. We, uh, that, that side of the community, the whole get it, get, you guys get <laughs> wrong. We, yeah, we try to avoid some of them. But anyway, oh, yeah. we have one more question for me and Jack, and then a couple listener questions. So, 16 sure. years of doing this, favorite yeah. guest you have ever had on the show? And I think it's going to be tough for you to pick one, oh, but yeah. if you had to. What do you think, EB? Because there's been some really good ones. Even in recent years, there's been some, like, yeah, it, that's in, well. NPH was was fantastic and fun and weird. Yeah. I mean, right? Mm-hmm. That's just something that's really cool. Um, but we've had we've had so many different. Um, who who do we? Uh, is it like a park person? Because it's, it's almost like it's these um, enthusiasts sometimes. Yeah, that's true. That's right, true. like you the guy that the, the 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 kid that built his the the wooden roller coaster in Oklahoma. Oh yeah, remember yeah. him, Jeremy Reed? Was that his name? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Jeremy, who built like the what the Oklahoma land run. Yeah. The wooden roller coaster in his backyard. That was one of those first very famous backyard roller coasters that, you know, made it huge on the Internet. And we talked to him and it was just like, what are you doing and how is this possible? Um, yeah. That was that was a really fun one. Um, yeah. I, I like talking to Will Cook from Holiday World. Oh, the how into his park he was. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And just like that was so because I think that was the first park owner that came on the show and like actually like was brave enough to come on the show you know before mm-hmm. uh, there, there are others who who were not at that point but he came on and just was so uh honest about what it takes to run a park and you know really gave some details that other like corporate park owners might not have said so that was cool that was a good one um, yes for sure yeah yeah like having disney imagineers on are, are pretty great like that that's fun um 
Uh, well, was it the gravity group that came on and said that they could make a wooden roller coaster go upside down? Yes, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah right. So we talked to those guys way back in the day before any wooden roller coaster went upside down and they were the ones who said they could do it. And, uh, you, you know, years later they ultimately have done it. Um, and that was really interesting 10, 15 years ago. Yeah. But you know, like sometimes you have a guest on like uh, a guest we had on two weeks ago. Uh, there's this guy named Jeremy Cruz who runs a, a small haunted attraction in Alabama called the territorium. And he bought this dark ride, this uh, old Bill Tracy dark ride that used to be at the Panama City Miracle Strip. Mm -hmm. And he brought it up to to uh, Alabama. And to hear his story and just the excitement and the passion that he has about this little tiny amusement park that he's built is just so cool, right? Because yeah. he's just this, just this guy who loves this stuff. And here he is, like, you know, trying to make fun for people. And I, I like guests like that, you know, who are not known. And well, again, and it's funny I, because it, he's he's possibly one of the most hardcore amusement park enthusiasts out there, yeah. but probably listens to zero podcasts. Yeah, true. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> right. And so to find him and drag him across the lines, that was really cool. Yeah. Yeah. But that's an, another thing that I love about podcasts is a guy like that. You would never hear a 30 minute interview with him anywhere. You no, know, except mm -hmm. on yeah. a podcast like yeah. like this. So that's what's fun. And I agree with that. Like finding those guests, it's like, you've got a story to tell. Why don't you come on the show and just yes. talk yes. for 30 minutes and then 30 minutes turns into an hour sometimes. And yep. and they're happy to share it because they don't have an outlet for it necessarily anywhere else. It's great. Yeah. 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 So, okay. yeah that's awesome. And I've got another like favorite guest you all have every year with Arthur Levine. Just mm -hmm. those episodes sure. are yes. just crazy yeah. to hear like his thoughts on it. Um, as someone who writes about them like for a living. And then we got to talk to Marcus LeShock last week and hearing stories from him. It's like, you get to talk about this on the news for your day job. And it's just yeah. crazy. He seems like a really cool guy. We've never met him or talked to him, but um, exchanged a few emails, I think. And I like, yeah, just seems like a really, really nice guy who has mm -hmm. a cool job, you know, and gets mm -hmm. to cover this stuff for real. I yeah. like to say, even though it's <laughs> for real, but you know. Like on, we do it real for TV. real. They get to do it for real. With for real, a real. Check. Yes. Yeah. They, they get a paycheck for it. So exactly. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. It was good having him on. Um. Okay. So we have a couple of questions from listeners, and then I read this next question. We'll be all it. good. This oh. uh, this is a question that's a little off topic and might seem out of the blue. Um. This we'll, is from we'll our friend explain. Grant. Uh, okay. He says opinion on spaghetti. <laughs> It, it shouldn't have chili on top. That's for sure. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> you, you actually, I don't know if you want to tell a little behind the scenes, EB, but you got like dragged through the coals on our listener survey. When you mentioned Cincinnati chili and how you just, I, I mean, I'm, wild. I'm assuming this is what this person is alluding to. I, I don't know, but in this last no. season of coaster radio.com, I'm, I'm in the Midwest and I'm not too far from Cincinnati. I've been to skyline chili and I've been to Kings Island where they have a skyline chili and I just don't get, I'm, I'm admittedly a Midwest yeah. transplant. I'm from the East coast with Mike. Um, but I've came, I came out to the Midwest and I don't get the skyline chili or the Cincinnati chili where they put it on top of the spaghetti cheese, onions, all that's great on with chili, but why are y'all putting on top of spaghetti? That doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> it's a little weird, but you know, 
It doesn't make any sense because we don't we don't necessarily have to like occupy too much time on your podcast <laughs> about me ranting about Skyline Chili. But spaghetti is the name of the noodle and then it has a sauce on top. So if you put chili on top of spaghetti, it's still spaghetti. It does not magically become chili. There you go. It's like if I took spaghetti and I put tomato sauce on top, it the spaghetti doesn't turn into tomato sauce. It's still spaghetti. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't make any angry. sense. Yeah. yeah. This exact conversation got a lot of people angry. So yeah, you guys may get emails too. We'll see. Uh, so Chris, you want to explain this? Sure. So um, the big one of the big hot takes that we have among our little friend circle is that Jack despises spaghetti. Like in general, he like will not eat it. All. He gets oh, yeah. a lot of hate for it. So I Do you guess hate all pastas or just spaghetti? Wider no, pretty much all of it. Yeah. Okay. All pastas. Okay. And uh, so they, Grant, the person who asked this question is constantly trying to just get me like roasted over not liking spaghetti. It kind of backfired because you just went off on a huge uh, skyline tangent. And I know he likes skyline. Okay. <laughs> See, there you go. It's all wrapped up together. I don't. I'm. I'm surprised. You, no. No pasta though, right? So no. I'm not the no. macaroni and cheese. Mm-mm. No. It wasn't like pizza either. Okay. Oh. And see now, you, but that's a lot of what's at the parks: pizza, pasta, spaghetti. Yeah. It, yeah. It, it, it's it's weird. Um. So like, I'm lactose intolerant to an extent, so I've never okay. really been able to tolerate cheese. So the cheese and, problem. It's not oh, the pasta. Maybe it's the cheese. Well. T- that and then textures and then in general i just don't like trying things so the fact that i'm a christian <laughs> dude, this is kind of crazy <laughs> um but yeah this is this is just one of those things that they love to give me a hard time about okay that's fair yeah well i'm, I'm this i've never i've never even said this on our own show but my thing my food thing is i don't want to eat any food with bones in it i just can't okay. do it like so ribs like chicken wings, anything like that. I can't do it. And I know I, I I could do it if I had to, but like, it's one of those things. It's the texture and just something that I avoid. It's a bit yeah. too visceral for you, huh? Yeah, Reminds you you're a carnivore, apex oh, predator. That, Mike doesn't yeah, want to admit like, it. Okay. The, the turkey legs at the park. Like, no, I don't want anything to do with oh, those. I love like, the keep those legs. away from me. Yeah. Oh so, man. Uh, I love the, the turkey legs. They're tasty though. I mean, I've had yeah. somebody like hand me a piece and I'm like, okay, good. Just keep the book, keep that thing away from me. Yeah. <laughs> It's good. I think I'm missing out. <laughs> uh, okay, so another question, and this is for you, Mike. If you could mm-hmm. go back and do the American Idol experience again, would you do anything differently? And this is from our friend Perry. Oh, you've got to set this up to explain what this is, though, Mike. <laughs> yeah, for anybody uh, who doesn't know, so well, I, I don't even remember what, how long ago this was. Was it ten years ago? Now? A while ago, right? Yeah, that Disney at Disney Hollywood Studios has a big theater there, and they created the American Idol experience, where essentially they created recreated the American Idol live stage that mm-hmm. you see on television in this theater, and they make guests come in and audition, um, and actually go through an entire process to get onto the show. There were like seven shows a day, three singers per show, and they would audition people in the park to fill these different roles. And so again, just like the NPH project, like trying to find content to do on the show that was interesting that we could talk about over a season. I decided that I needed a win in my life. I wanted something like where I could say, I'm going to go after something and win and do my best and, and try to 
the, the goal was I'm going to get on that stage and sing a song, even though like from what I'd been seeing, it was all teenagers, mm-hmm. and people in their 20s. I was like, no, 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 I'm going to I'm going to make it on that stage and I'm going to try to win and see what I can do. So um, I even went so far as to like research the song list and um, go on YouTube and find what people were singing. We had like and... a voice coach come on as a guest oh, of yeah. the podcast. We're a theme yes. park and roller coaster podcast. And all of a sudden Mike's getting voice lessons. Yeah. From like a Broadway. <laughs> what is that? Remember the guy from London who was yeah. on like West End, like he was a, a, a conductor or a vocal coach there and he was giving vocal lessons. There was all the stuff that we did. And um, so I went down to Disney and I went <laughs> and auditioned and it was terrifying uh, to go through and like have to sing in all these different rooms. But I made it through and made it on to the show. And um, I think I did OK. But there was this girl who was singing in our group who was like 10 times better than me and the other guy who were on there. And uh, she won. But it was still it was still a cool experience to to get onto the stage. But I think if I could do anything differently yeah. i i would i wouldn't have stayed up so late the night before i would i we had stayed up late at epcot and then we went down to uh downtown disney and stuff and so when i got up early the next morning i could tell that like my my throat was a little fried just from you know being tired yeah. and um and i know that because when i sang on the american idol experience my voice cracked on the high note oh. like it, and it normally wouldn't have done that because on in all my rehearsals and even in the rehearsals like the, the before that we did on stage, it didn't do that. But I could tell I was getting tired. And um, I really believe that I could have had a chance to win if my voice didn't crack at the end because I was like kind of nailing it. And um, even what I found out later from one of the hosts is that the spot that I was put in is the spot that they put for the person they want to win. I was the third person. Oh. And that was, that's your spot. That's where they put like the singer who they think is going to win. But I cracked and made a really bad like honking sound at the end. Oh. And, What's, yeah, and what song did you sing, Mike? What song did you choose? Uh, Sway. Sway by uh, Dean Martin originally, Ooh. but Michael Bublé's. But it, it, that's the, like one of the only songs on that list that they did that fit my voice. Cause it's, I have to kind of a deeper voice. <laughs> yeah. So that I, I should have like done what singers do and gone to bed early, but it, what, I was at Disney too. I wasn't going <laughs> to, all right. So I can go on the American yeah. Idol experience. Or, you know, Chris, maybe we need to send you on that. Ha. Huh. No. And it's, it doesn't even exist anymore, buddy. I know that's the bummer. It's not there anymore even, but it was, it was such a weird experience, you know, and just how they did it so much like the show and they had all the cameras and mm-hmm. the lighting. I remember the coolest thing that they had, and this is me as like a techie person that I like this. They put this thing on the back of my shirt. It was like a transmitter. And wherever I walked on the stage, the spotlights would follow. So it was huh. like uh, on the on the stage, it was all motorized lighting. And it would just, the, the lights would sway wherever I walked. And it was really cool. Like that was just a neat, a neat That's thing. Awesome. Some that behind the scenes. Yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. really neat. Okay. So we also have a question specifically for EB from Perry. Besides having killer cats and wasting food at parks, what's the most controversial (laughs) thing you've done according to your fans? (laughs) This is Perry, not me. Blame him. Yeah, those are those are two pretty good things for sure. I don't know. What what, did I tell any stories about like stealing stuff from the park, Mike? That seems like something I would do. I don't know. (laughs) 
I don't recall you ever stealing anything. <laughs> that seems like something I would do. I have no idea. Controversial things. Those those I've, I've been getting edgier, I feel like, <laughs> trying to push the buttons and push the envelope on folks. Um, Big Boy was a character that we did. Oh, that, that, Big that, Boy. Uh, you know, that was <laughs> yeah. kind of controversial. We've, we've, we've had a couple of controversial characters. Um, How and, long and, has it been since he made an appearance? Yeah, Big Boy's been, a, you know, he's he has not shown up lately, but Big Boy, and again, this is something that, you know, recent listeners of the podcast hear big boy but they don't get that big boy is based on the fact that b&m designed seats called big boy seats (laughs) like they were called big boy seats yeah we didn't come up with that that was them and so we were like why did they build big boy seats well for the big boy to go sit in them and so we had the big boy come and he he has to come up the stairs he's out of breath and and people, oh my gosh, that was, I think, one of the worst characters that we ever did. People hated that. I, I like that the, the big boy voice like was out of breath, even just standing. Like You'd be like, okay, uh, I think I'm okay now. I'm, I'm ready. I'm, I'm here at the, lo- uh, at the station now to get in my, my big boy seat. I've had chili on top of spaghetti. <laughs> it's just spaghetti. What are, what are they doing to me? <laughs> it's, just, it's the best. Yeah. The big boy. But you know what I liked is so we did the big boy character and people got angry and we got all these letters saying, you know what, you're, you're making fun. And all. so so then we had this idea, well, we could keep doing the big boy character, but we'll have him come on and celebrate how he lost all his weight. Yeah. So oh, yeah. But the ironic thing was he was still out of breath. And so, like, we still were able to do it. He was still out of breath, though. It was just, you know, but he had lost 300 pounds and, you know, was healthy. And so that was funny. That was So I think it's I think it might be safe to do. You know, what we were talking about there was that story in the news about the guy who it was covered everywhere. The guy who ate at Six Flags every day. Yeah. Oh, yeah. People were texting that to me. I was like. I've seen this a million times already. Yep. 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 So we said that's the perfect way to bring Big Boy back because he could be like, I've been doing that for 10 years. I don't know where this guy's been. I'm all right. Right. This is my whole thing. Right. Every 90 minutes, I'm eating a meal. (laughs) (laughs) We might have to do that this week, EB. That might be the the time to bring that up. That'd be good. Yeah, sure. Uh, And there's, I mean, we've kind of just gone full circle here with characters because there's just so many of them that just, you pretty much have a character for anything that sh- happens. Mark Shapiro, uh, the tower of terrorists. They just keep, they, you've got something for like everything. And it's like you say, they offend someone. There's, you're yes. always going to offend someone with a character, but they're hilarious. Well, and they all come out of real experiences and, and real news stories, right? This is the funny thing is that again, with modern listeners of the show, they might not even remember Mark Shapiro from 2006. <laughs> Yeah. Right. right or the I fact did. that there really was a guy outside of the tower of terror who got pepper sprayed that's a real thing that happened and it was just a joke but it prolific you know it, 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 it stayed alive in the podcast and so they keep coming back and again this is something that listeners might not get longtime listeners probably you know they like the callback but it's just funny for me and mike oh yeah, yeah. right that's you know, really what it comes down to one of my favorite characters that eb ever did was the Disney podcast guy. Oh, yeah. And I love that character so much because 
like and and the, the my favorite segment that he ever did was where um at at Magic Kingdom they had just unveiled like this area of the park that was themed after Tangled and all that were there was like toilets like there was a restroom and all of these Disney bloggers showed up and they're like videotaping the bathroom and I was like what why what do, why is this exciting why do people want to know about this why are there like 20 disney bloggers all there with their cameras and it, so eb did this beautiful thing where we added a little echo to his voice and like he was in the bathroom in the stalls right sure in the stalls podcasting and we just had nothing but toilet sound effects like flushing <laughs> flushing flushing and eb had written this beautiful script like, about, like, like with all these bathroom puns and i i had i hadn't heard it before we started recording and I was like crying, like pounding my fist on the table. I was laughing so hard at, at it, but that's, that was one of my favorite. But it, again, it was one of those things that just was born out of sometimes the ridiculousness of what goes on in the theme park world, you know, and that all these people were excited about tangled toilets. And I guess that was, that was my favorite. The tangled that's, toilets. Yes. I remember. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's so good. Great. Okay. If anybody wants to hear that, by the way, it's that's on, um, at the Coaster Radio website, if you go into the characters section, uh, Disney Podcast Guy, it's the clip. He's got his own. Right, they, they, they've yeah. got. He's got his own page there on the CoasterRadio.com yeah, so website. Great. You can yeah, go I'm and listen to that. Yeah, it's it's one of my favorite Coaster Radio segments ever. <laughs> yeah, I've got the character page pulled up, and there's there's some gold on here. the. I think my favorite character segment ever is uh, C Payne's Summer Anthem 2000. Was it 11? Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That was a that was a highly produced song, and we used the Coast Radio theme, and then just like Sea Pain rapped over it or whatever about you know ridiculous lyrics about making out with girls. Yeah, it was just like so so dumb. So it was like something that a thirteen year old would, would write. Oh, but I mean, sure. You know, like that's just the goofy. Yeah, the goofy part about it. You know, like something that a a twelve year old would write, but. <laughs> Or an eleven-year-old, ten, maybe yeah, nine. Yeah, exactly. Right <laughs> Keep going down. Again, I just remember we're, my dad and I are driving, and all of a sudden, this pops up between two episodes, and I think we did end up pulling off the interstate. We were laughing so hard. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. so goofy, so goofy. Yeah, and like just all the sound effects in there and stuff. But, but again, like Eb said it perfectly. Like that's one of the reasons we do the show is because it's fun for us, and so and mm -hmm. we always hope that okay, if it's making us laugh, maybe it's making somebody else laugh too. So. Right, you know, and that's okay. definitely those sea pain songs just make me laugh. You know, it's so so dumb and goopy. But... <laughs> yeah. Okay, so we've gotten through everything we really wanted to talk about. We just have our last two questions that we ask every single person who comes on the show, and that is, you know, the basic favorite theme park and favorite roller coaster. Ooh, you want to go first, DB? No, but I will. Um, <laughs> favorite theme park. See, I, I, I want to say Holiday World, my home park, but it probably is more accurately um, Dollywood is probably my favorite park. Yeah. Just because it has the right combination, I feel like, of being a, a park that has a nice collection of rides, but the theming, the friendliness, the terrain, everything about it. Um, I just, I love Dollywood. And, and other parks have aspects of Dollywood, right? Like Knoebels has that in the woods kind of a feel. Um, any number of parks have the great um, roller coaster collection. Silver Dollar City, of course, has the same sort of attitude of the friendliness and the niceness. Holiday World is clean and pretty. But Dolly World, Dollywood has everything, I, I feel like. So that's going to be my favorite park. 
Yeah. Um, I like that answer. That's my yeah. home park. So. Okay, good, 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 good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Favorite roller coaster is, is really tricky. We talk about this on the podcast all the time. And I mean, any coaster enthusiast knows that there's so many different roller coasters out there, right? So, you know, do you say Fury 325? Well, sure, that could be my favorite roller coaster, but so is, go back to my old school favorite, the Toboggan. There's only like two of them left in the whole country. Yeah, and it's uh-huh. just so stupid and fun and ridiculous. And there's nothing better than a, a roller coaster like that. Um, and then there's, you know, the, the, the great wooden roller coasters, like the Voyage at Holiday World. I mean, that's just great. So much fun. Yeah. Yeah, for me, I'm I'm in the same boat. I love places like Knobles. Um, I love places like Dollywood. I had so much fun at Dollywood. I love Silver Dollar City. That's another one, a, a recent one that, you know, thank God for the meetup that got us there because I don't think I would, probably would have visited if not for that. Um, I loved Magic Mountain. Like that, being from the East Coast, the Magic Mountain was kind of this holy grail. Right? That's Yeah, that's the pilgrimage, right? right? Sure. Yeah. And even though a lot of people who are from Los Angeles, they're like, oh, Magic Mountain sucks. But like to me... I was like, oh my god! All these rides I've always wanted to. It's such get a on. great park. Well, in all of these yeah. scenes and all of these sites that I've seen in in movies and, and films, yeah. right? It's, yeah. It was so much fun to go to to Magic Mountain. Yeah, like people like totally like rail on X two, but I was like, this is X2 the weirdest is roller coaster I've ever been on. I love it; it's great. Now sure. I don't know if I rode it ten more times, if I'd be like, oh, okay, maybe. Well, and, and Tatsu. I mean, we've been on flying coasters before, but that was the best flying coaster. Oh, so even one. though flying That's coasters cool. all suck. <laughs> That was yeah, the best yeah. of them all. <laughs> yeah. Um, but for me, in terms of best theme park, my favorite theme park is Disneyland, um, just because of what it is. Oh, and, sure. Um, fine. I love, I love Disneyland. <laughs> of course. And I love, like, the best thing in the world is EB and I did this one day where you can get to the park some days at eight in the morning and stay till midnight. And it's just a, a this huge long day, but there's so much to see and do. And, uh, you know, you can kind of like experience some, like, old school rides but the new stuff like indiana mm-hmm, jones mm-hmm. yeah just really cool but then my didn't, favorite i, I didn't know i'll do that with um galaxy's edge the an eight to twelve yeah, days yes yeah we so, did that we, mm-hmm. yep it was fun it was story super early mm-hmm. i walked right past you i was like wait was that mike and eb because we were there that, day. <laughs> that same day oh that's oh, great yes. <laughs> oh that would have been fun to say hi yeah yeah so that was that was one of those days that was a huge long day um with the that that's when they were doing that timed entry to galaxy's mm-hmm. entry. Oh, four hours so there. wonderful. Oh, yeah. We, yeah. we did the eight to midnight slot that night. My dad and I were like, nice. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. We got to see the tail end of it. Um, a tail end of our time was when it was dark, just getting dark. So mm-hmm. we got to see a little bit of it at night. It was really, really amazing. Um, but yeah, my, my favorite roller coaster. I, I take some heat for this sometimes, but it's uh, Apollo's chariot at Bush Gardens. You Williams still Park. love Apollo's chariot. I love it. I like nothing has ever unseated that for me just because I love what it is. It's just so simple. Um, and I love that, like the, the different drops change. Like you go on a drop that's like 15 feet and then the next one is 50. You know, it's like they, there's all these different variances yeah. of, uh, heights and stuff. And I, I just love it. I know they're better. Like Fury is probably is definitely a better roller coaster but it just well that's my favorite, favorite roller coaster is very personal right that's that's yeah, fine. sure sure i think it is i think it is i think there are better roller coasters than apollo's chariot but for me that's like what i need to uh get on every summer to make it complete yeah and that's why in like the covid year i was shocked like of course like 2020 was the first year since 1999 that i did not get to ride apollo's chariot even though i got on the ride and it broke down on the lift hill. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not, even like, 
not even high up on the lift hill. Yeah, I, like I was like one like step up on the on the hill. So <laughs> right, when I got barely up, got out of the station. Right. Yeah, I didn't, didn't even get to do like a full down. walk. Yeah. Oh. No, I was like I was in the back seat and like only got like to hop off and one step down. So, so yeah, I was like, that's why 2020 sucked. Like I got on Apollo's chariot but did not get to ride it. So, oh, that's but yeah, but I love that ride. That's awesome. Well, Mike and EB, thank you so much for coming on and talking to us. I mean, this has been a blast for us. Tell people where they can find you so they can listen to your show and see more of what y'all do. Oh, thanks. EB, you do the good elevator pitch. I always like your elevator pitch for this. <laughs> All right. Well, the podcast, the name of the show is the name of the site. And that's what we like to say, coasterradio.com. So you can go to coasterradio.com. You can find the weekly coasterradio.com podcast. But we also have, and we didn't even mention this, I think, in the whole hour that we've oh, yeah. been talking, theme park news from coasterradio.com is a totally separate daily podcast that we have. It's just a couple of minutes long, and it's a news podcast. Uh, you can listen to it as a traditional podcast wherever you find podcasts but you can also uh, set it up as a part of your flash briefing or your daily news update on a smart speaker device so that's theme park news from coasterradio.com um, and that and the hour-long weekly podcast coasterradio.com they're both at the website coasterradio.com yeah and what's really great about it is the archive is there so you know we were talking about shows that we did you know 10 15 years ago they're all there so it's kind of fun to go back. I, there, there are people who I always love hearing about this, but there are people who go back and listen from episode one all the way to like 625 that we're up to right now. So mm -hmm. and, and it's fun just to hear the show evolve over that time. And like we talked about at the beginning, it's fun to hear technology evolve too. you hear us talking about technology that doesn't exist anymore. You know, back 15 years ago, like we talk about uh what is it? The Frapper map we used to oh, use? Oh, we, like, we had the Frapper map was a, was a website that we used. But we also talk about the technology, like the Qbot. And we talk yeah, about, you know, yeah. you have to get, go and find the, uh, the, the, go to the website to download the podcast and all sorts of crazy things that we were talking about back in the day. Yeah, um, and, you know, speaking of the technology, the easiest way, I think, to get the CoasterRadio.com podcast now, this is just in the last year or so, we have a CoasterRadio.com app. For Apple device users, you can go to the store and you can find the CoasterRadio.com app. It not only has the CoasterRadio.com podcast feed, it also has theme park news as a podcast feed, um, as well as interactivity, where you can send in photos and trip reports to CoasterRadio.com, plus that entire um, CoasterRadio.com backlog of episodes going all the way back to 2005. So the CoasterRadio.com app is available too. Awesome. awesome. I got to shout them out. Um, I think you all saw it on Twitter the other day. Coaster365 tweeted the video of him scrolling through every episode that he's listened to. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yep. Uh, his name is Brian, and he's one of our really good friends. So I got to shout him out because he was like, I'm going to listen to all of Coaster Radio. I was like, you've nice. got a lot of stuff ahead of you. It's literally months of content. Yes. Is how yeah. many podcasts, episodes of CoasterRadio.com out there right now is months of content. Yeah. And he was the one who reminded us that we said last year for people who have done that, there should be like some type of special club with a membership card. Or, or we something. like send them a pin. There, there should be something, right? Yeah, you should get something for that. That's. I think we should create pins. That's a good idea. <laughs> with like numbers on the back. Face like, you tattoos. Know, are, yeah. <laughs> a branding. We'll get a brand. Like, you oh my gosh. <laughs> we just, yeah. Right there. <laughs> At the next meetup, that's what we'll do. 
Yeah, yeah, line yeah. up at the meetup, have your podcast feed That's ready right. to we'll prove have, it. We'll have the grill fired up in the picnic pavilion. We'll have the hot dogs going, but we'll also have the brand, you know, cooking down there, there in the charcoal. Cedar Point <laughs> cops roll up. What are you guys doing? Just branding our listeners. <laughs> no biggie. It's fine. Big you guys said we could yeah. do it. That's go. right. We talked about this. <laughs> Tony Clark said it was okay. Let it. <laughs> yeah. awesome well thank you all so much we'll go ahead and wrap it up here next week if all goes to plan we've got taylor scott and sarah from coaster studios and upstop media to talk about this is how we roll um so that's the plan for next week's show assuming i can get one of them to answer their phone for once and other than that if you're not already joined the discord the link is down in the description if you want to join our patreon the link is down there as well buy Allison's book so she will continue to write the sequel so I don't have to kill her. And other than that, thank y'all so much for listening and we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to the Twisted Travelers Podcast. <laughs>